0: To Rent or Not to Rent, a blog post by Jason Green. During a visit to my mother, Helen, in her active senior community, Boca del Vista, I was given a foretaste of what life might be like if the half-ingest suggestion that Pine Hills disaggregate should ever come to pass. As regular readers already know, my subdivision was developed in three successive phases, and although the last was completed over a decade ago, Parochial attitudes linger. Benefits and disadvantages are not spread uniformly throughout the community. For example, the first phase boasts both the cottage and the orchard, bucolic amenities to be sure. Additionally, the land is flat and thereby conducive to walking, with or without a dog, in a venue where one is not persecuted by steep inclines. Further, the tree lined Old Cedar Lane. Is a road less traveled by cars, and that makes all the difference. Lastly, a number of the original settlers still live in the first section, and endure as a self-appointed aristocracy by virtue of seniority in place. The middle phase holds our tennis court, and perhaps, if the second section were to secede, residents of the other provinces could pay a modest fee to use the facility. Naturally, Phase two dwellers would have priority when booking the court. Given the court has no lights to allow evening recreation, actually getting to play might be a challenge for out-of-Phase folk. The third and rearmost zone offers the appeal of placid remoteness in exchange for the inconvenience of distance to the main road. Where physical separation leads, cultural disassociation would surely follow. Over time... Each phase could fork our original common covenants into ever more idiosyncratic compacts. Although I hail from the middle build-out, I have always viewed myself as a man for all phases, and believe that a subdivision divided against itself cannot long endure. Helen enlightened me as to how the central government of Boca del Vista has chosen to reserve to itself sole policy-making authority in many areas— while ceding certain specific rights to the individual circles. Foremost among these liberties is control of rent-related regulation, and this laboratory of democracy has produced a patchwork of practices. It is at this point where we join a conversation between Helen and me already in progress. Our benevolent overlord, Harry Gluck, has chosen to postpone the Hawthorne Circle meeting again. I expect there is a good reason. There is a very good reason he doesn't want a motion to change our rental policy to come to a vote. I'm confused. I know, dear. No, I mean I thought rules about anything important, such as renting, would be decided at a community-wide level. Not everything is done the way it is in Pine Hills. Would you like me to explain in full? Oh, goody. You know I love a comprehensive treatment. And don't feel inhibited. Digress as you see fit, to be certain I have all the details I need and more. Well, you asked for it, and so my mother read me the whole magilla. Perhaps you have wondered about how we handle snowbirds here. And to head you off, I am talking about people living in Boca Del Vista and not the wings and feathers set. The gist concerns unit owners renting their apartments. As you might imagine, owners can be divided into those who do not intend to rent those who wish the option to rent, and those who rent. If you own, you may be a snowbird yourself, which is your prerogative. Naturally, you are free to leave your apartment unoccupied during the hot season while you are gone. On the other hand, you might be happy to rent to someone in the summer, appreciating there is not too much demand. A typical unit purchaser is on the younger side and may well migrate seasonally for perhaps a decade before committing to reside here year-round. We also have a good number of apartments with absentee owners. This happens when a resident has moved to assisted living or to be with children, but the unit has not been sold. Also, some folks inherit a unit but are too young to live here or too active for an active senior community. When I bought my unit, Hawthorne allowed unrestricted renting to anyone at or over the age minimum. A few years later, we decided to disallow renting for new owners. Current owners were grandfathered in. I have often felt that we should say grandmothered here, given that women considerably outnumber men. You see, people here can be separated into couples or some other family unit, single men and single women. Unattached men are very much in demand, so much so that they invariably attempt to keep company with women a good number of years younger. If the man is 70, he is interested in a 60-year-old. Come to think of it, that holds true if he is 80 or 90, but a man's reach should not exceed his grasp. When a widower emerges on the market, expect a line of ladies bearing casseroles to pop by. But I digress. As time has gone on, the number of folks from before the renting policy change has dwindled and interest has been building in revisiting our prohibition on renting. Harry, our circle's volunteer manager of long standing, does not favor relaxing the rules to allow renting. It is not just our gluck. We have a core group that likes the way things are. The last meeting grew quite contentious. The Never Renter crowd felt that the Ultra capitalists were turning our apartment complexes into hotels with the parade of horribles appertaining thereto. When pressed, or even when you don't ask, the status quo set invariably mentions sweetgum. Sweetgum is the name for a circle of low repute within our community, and renters there far and away outnumber owners. The Enclave has a reputation for more than the usual volume of litter and visible rule infractions both attributed to all the in and out one gets with renters. The feeling is strong among anti-rentites that only ownership brings the necessary sense of propriety. For instance, sweet-gum apartments are notorious for having curtains, shades, and blinds askew, a clear mark of indifference to outward appearances. More egregious are many easily observable cases of towels and swimwear draped over the old balustrade, which is déclasse and verboten. There was also a time when a renter was in the habit of swimming nude in the circle's pool. You can imagine how that set the chattering set to chattering. So you see, many in Hawthorne fear that we may go the way of sweetgum, should we reopen Pandora's box. Harry is adept at counting votes and suspects a pro-renting insurgency could get their way. He has also observed that support for allowing the change is more common with those who still snowbird. Absentee folks would love to rent out their units. Fortunately for Harry et al., our rules stipulate one must be present to vote. For some time now, he has been stalling. One of his favorite moves was to place the rent policy item on the agenda, but near the bottom. He would then contrive to run out the clock on our meeting time, deferring what was unaddressed to a future gathering. Of course, other, more pressing issues kept this nettlesome topic far down the agenda. Fearing a revolt, now he has canceled the monthly meeting twice. I suspect he will find an excuse not to have a meeting until most of the snowbirds have flown north. Have I provided sufficient exposition? Your encyclopedic coverage has left me feeling fully informed. It has also left me peckish. May I move that we adjourn the discussion in advance to lunch? I second that motion. Where shall we dine? How about Billy Yee's for Chinese? We ate there two days ago. Don't you want something different? How about that Greek restaurant, Zorba's? Did I fail to mention that Zorba's went out of business? That's a shame. It was always crowded, therefore I assumed it was doing well. I was shocked, too. I went by there with my friend Rona a couple weeks ago, and the place was dark, and all the windows covered by brown craft paper. And there was a big sign over the door. Let me guess. For Rent. I hope you've enjoyed this reading of... To Rent or Not to Rent, a blog post by Jason Green.